Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Darshawn McAway. You're tuned in to WOW Podcast. For all means, go to wowpodcast.me. That's W-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot M-E. Now, today we have a special guest. We have Jennifer Landel. She's here to talk to us about her latest book, Alanga, Song, The Trilogy. Jennifer, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. So I was reading through your bio, and I'm very curious. You have a degree in medieval literature. Why is that? Well, uh, I started out taking biology at university, and then um, about halfway through third year, started taking a Anglo-Saxon course for an arts credit, found out I was really good at it, found out I was really good at English in general, so I switched horses midstream, and um, then I... Uh, Finished my degree in uh, my undergrad degree at UBC. Started a uh, postdoc or a postgrad degree at University of London, and uh, then I switched horses midstream again and uh, joined a rock band. So, in doing that, what was the notion to come up with with this particular book? Um, the book actually came a lot later. Um, it was the character sort of appeared fully formed in my head uh, as an adult, and I wrote the book to give her a backstory, essentially. So what is Elenia's song about? Uh, it's three stories in one. So it's a, it's a story of Elenia who, as a young girl, discovers that she can sing music into magic. Uh, it's a dangerous talent. Uh, she finds out about it when she accidentally um, makes her baby brother fall asleep and fall down the hayloft, um, uh, the hayloft uh, trapdoor. And um, it's also a, a dangerous talent because it's not quite legal uh, in the country in which she lives. Uh, it's also the book is also the story of her mother and her grandmother when they were younger women. So the three stories sort of braid together, and as you read, you find out the secrets and the the mysteries that um, are wrapped around Elena's heritage and her birth. Now, with this particular book, is it made for children or is this an adult read? It's an adult read. I mean, young adults can certainly read it, uh, but it's not intended for young adults. And why is that? What's in the book that keeps it away from children? Uh, nothing keeps it away from children. It's just that it's it was written with an adult audience in mind. So uh, I read it to my daughters when they were fairly young, and, and they enjoyed it. They got a lot out of it, and I think you know, any teenager would enjoy it as well but the parts of the book um that that deal with the relationship between mother daughter grandmother um are a little bit more introspective and a little bit more adult in flavor uh it's not it's not racy or anything like that so it's it's certainly safe for children to read they just might not um feel it as deeply as as sort of mature more mature audience would Right, because I was reading through some of the reviews, and the reviews are great. And I was trying to find out, okay, how did Jennifer pull from this experience? So what got you inspired to write this book? Uh, well, I mean, my own children inspired me. Um, you know, part of, part of writing is therapeutic, uh, so writing about family relationships. 
my background, um, I was a, a musician back in London, so music has always been important to me. Uh, and the concept of being able to turn the, the harmonic vibration of music into magic is quite fascinating. Uh, so that was where that idea came from. And um, other aspects, um, I'm a sword fighter, uh, I'm a rider, so I always have horses and swords and things like that in in my books. And um, and a midwife, I, I, I'm not a midwife, but my main character is, but I was a childbirth educator and doula. So, you know, pregnancy and birth feature fairly heavily in the book in that sense. So you're a combat writer. Um, I'm curious because I was trying to see, I saw the picture, I saw the sword, and you just mentioned that you know how to fight with the sword. When did that start? Well, when I was young, my best friend and I always used to, you know, try and hit each other with riding whips and sticks and anything like that. So I've always been interested in sword play. I did a little bit of sport fencing in university, but not much. And then I was actually researching for a different novel, um, one which I didn't get around to writing much later, but uh, I was researching 17th century rapiers, and then I found out there was a school right here in Vancouver, Canada, where I could learn to do that for real. Uh, so I started that in 2007, um, and uh, that quickly became an obsession, and uh, I, I became a teacher. And then I started the mounted combat program because I had horses. Academy Duello had swords. Let's put the two together. Uh, so in 2010, so it's the 10-year anniversary this year, uh, we started the mounted combat program to teach people how to ride, how to look after horses, and how to sword fight from horseback. So how many horses do you have? Um, at the moment, I have uh, about 10 of my own. And uh, in addition to running the program, I run a boarding stable. So we look after about 18 horses altogether here. Gotcha. And what type of, what type of horses are they? Because I've seen competitions, and to me, me being very, uh, I guess, ignorant to the fact, all the horses look the same to me except for stallions. So what type of horses do you have? Uh, we have all sorts of breeds of horses. Um, the two that I use for mounted combat, one is an off-the-track thoroughbred, so she used to be a racehorse. Uh, the other one's a Canadian horse, which is called the Cheval Canadien, and uh, they're very similar in build and temperament, we think. Uh, definitely visually similar to the horses they, that are in the 14th century Italian manuscripts that uh, I work from, so that um, so that horse, uh, you know, makes a, a good mounted combat steed. We have a couple of other of those as well. Um, but any horse can can be used for mounted combat. Um, we have giant uh, draft horse crosses, and we have horses as small, you know, that only come up to your armpit. So, uh, yeah, all sorts of breeds. So, what's next for Jennifer? Well, I am writing. Um, I'm finishing up the sequel, the third book in the trilogy. Um, that should be ready for publication next year. I am working on another uh, novella series. This one is a historical fiction. It's set in 17th century France, and it features a shepherdess turned spy. The series itself is called The Shepherdess. Um, and um, on the mounted combat front, I've, I've just... Um, 
opened my own school, Academy Cavallo, and I'm involved in another project called the University of the Sword, and uh, myself and five other instructors from around the continent are giving free swordplay workshops every Saturday at noon Pacific. So if your listeners Google universityofthesword.com, you can sign up and uh, learn sword pre- learn sword play for free. Jennifer, you seem very busy. Uh, <laughs> at what time of day do you find the time to at least jot down your ideas to come up with your next book? Um, I do my writing. I really only get first draft happening once a week, so I and I usually do that um, with my co-editors at Pulp Literature. We sit down and we write together for about an hour, and that is enough to keep me going. I get about a thousand words out a week that way, and it's not super fast, but it's enough to to keep the new material flowing. So I'm I'm looking at your book cover, and the first thing that comes to mind for me is I wonder if this writer is a hopeless romantic. Are you a hopeless romantic? I'm very unromantic, actually. <laughs> really? <laughs> really. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not a. I, I even though I do sort of play, and, and my my photos are are ones that you know were taken when I was asked to sort of you know dress up in slightly uh, Renaissance type uh, material, and, but um, I, I just like that photo, so I keep it. But you know, I don't. I, I'm not really into putting on the full medieval garments or anything like that. I am very modern in that sense, and uh, I guess I know too much about the past to be romantic about it. So what is it about the past that makes you unromantic about it uh, in today's time? Well, it was a terrible time to be a woman. Um, Mm -hmm. It was, you know, it, it, it was not really good living conditions for most people. You know, unless you were nobility, your life pretty much sucked in the past. Um, I, you know, as as bad as some things are today and, you know, that we still have a lot of work to do in bringing everyone's standard of living up globally, we still are in a much better place than we were even as, as 18th or 19th century peasants um, in uh in most societies, so you know it, it, it looks nice from from the rosy colored glasses of the present, and you you think about right. how quaint it was, but it was probably a pretty horrible life. So, what do you expect the readers to pull from your trilogy? Um, well, I hope they I hope they get some emotional connection um, to the relationships between mothers and daughters. I mean, that's the main thing. It is what the book is about for me, even though it's it's dressed up as a fantasy and there's lots of exciting action and romance and all those sorts of things. Um, it really is a story about families and, and you know, family connections, the the ties they have with each other, the the horrible things they do to each other, but the love that still exists there. So where can readers uh, go to follow you possibly on social media and definitely purchase your book? I am on Twitter at J.M. Landles, um, and if you Google J.M. Landles, that's J-M-L-A-N-D-E-L-S, uh, you'll find my Facebook, you'll find me um, on Amazon as well. 
uh, and you can buy my books there. Um, and you can also find me at pulpliterature.com, uh, which is the publishing house. Well, I'm your host, Darshan McAway. We're talking to author Jennifer Landos. We're talking to her about her latest book, Alania Song Area. Jennifer, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Well, thank you so much for having me on, Darshan.